Hello, this is Patrick, and it's time for Real Herbs and Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by thepracticalherbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. Show number nine, flu and cold prevention. We're knee-deep into the flu and cold season. We practical herbalists are already mobilizing our defenses. We are using preventive measures, stocking up on herbals, and educating friends and family. Today, we will talk about how you can join in on the preparations. Later in the news, we all discussed the first virological penicillin, honeysuckle. And in Herbalism 101, we define the term antipyretic. Now, here are your hosts from thepracticalherbalist.com, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. Hi, I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Sue, we've already had our first flu come through the house. We've gotten over it. How mm-hmm. about you? Yeah, we had a little one come through too, and it was lovely. We enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, you know, it always hits me by surprise. You'd think the leaves changing color would be enough, but mm-hmm. no. No. But happily. That flu did kick me in the butt. I didn't get it. Right. Yay. Yep. So I got the family going on whole tons of herbal preparations and stuff. Yeah. I get exposed to a lot of stuff working in the clinic, and oh I uh, I usually just rely on my own immune system that I'll pick up a mild version of it, kind of get over it, and then I'm good for the rest of the year until our allergy season hits, but... Yeah, yeah, you were the typhoid Mary that brought it into my yeah, house this time. I was real thankful. You are welcome for that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. I'm that trying to help great. your immune system. That was great. So yeah. one of the things we use, I use, that prevented me from getting it, I believe quite firmly, is elderberry. Mm-hmm. I actually, about a month and a half ago, two months ago, started taking elderberry every day religiously. It's the first time I've been smart enough to do something like this and actually committed to it yeah. for more than two weeks. Well, during the time when I had that little flu... I was drying elderberry, and I was actually asked, would you like to go elderberry picking with us? And I mm-hmm. said, no, I'm feeling a little under the weather, which is unusual for me. When it yeah. comes to that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to go out. If it involves somehow walking around in the woods and getting disgustingly dirty and then bringing <laughs> home some kind of plant matter, then I'm all about it. But I was just, I don't know, I, I was a color of gray that you just should not have in a skin tone. So, yeah, that yeah. It went through, yeah. but that's okay. We recovered. Yes. Yeah. So my friend, Patty, made me this tea that was fabulous, and it had nettle in it as a base. And um, I believe she put, oh, she's going to kill me because I cannot recall right now. Um, I know there was some yarrow and some astringents and some really good things for the immune system. And I know that um, I added more elderberry tea to it to help kind of pull some of that junk out of my system and I just had this yeah. pounding headache oh. and anytime you get a good pounder for a headache then I always rely on nettle with some kind of circulatory whether it's hawthorn or I think she's a big hawthorn fan as well um, so there's probably hawthorn in it too but uh, either cayenne or ginger one of those two and I put for my headache I just had a big nettle and ginger and that helped out a lot so yeah. I just I felt revitalized and was able to get to the point where I was doing more than just laying in bed, but I was able to sleep and 
restock my immune system. That makes such a huge difference. It does. Yeah, I ended up using elderflower and um, I think I did it in my basic tea. I have a basic tea that I keep mm-hmm. around all a the blend. time. Yeah, blend. So that if I'm the one who gets sick, nobody else will make herbals for me. So well, yeah. I've got something really easy. <laughs> so I have a basic blend of oats, nettle, and... Um, something else red clover red Oats, clover. nettle and clover, red clover and i've already added some elderberry to it this year so it's just a really i can make that every single day and it'll be fine do you have that recipe available yeah it's the basic tonic tea basic block basic building block tea on mm-hmm. our website yeah on the practical herbalist website actually this is a good time for people just to be drinking teas in general and mm-hmm. america loves coffee there's no two no two ways about that but tea if you start your day with your coffee and you woke yourself up enough to be sentient and you can drive safely then next step is to get yourself some tea right and actually to that end because my husband he won't drink tea unless i make it for him right and i don't always think to make it for him sure my my (laughs) son aaron the only time he will drink tea is if he's sick yeah and you know you know that he's sick when he will actually He'll grumble about everything, like there's you know, a disturbance of the force or, you know, the meteor like passed and it's affecting him. There's got to be some good reason to, well, to complain. He is, a, he is 16 yeah, years old, but he actually say, Mom, what's that tea stuff you make? Oh, okay, all right, you're feeling badly. And, yeah. and he'll, you know, we throw a little licorice in there and he doesn't add sweetener to it, so he's, he's good about that. But, yeah, it, it, he'll drink it willingly. It seems to taste real good to him when he is sick, but when he's not sick... Yeah, well, for my mm-hmm. husband, I can't always get him to take the stuff. So I made an elderberry syrup this year. So oh, he's been yeah. adding that to his coffee. Right, right. Which has actually, I think, of course, I didn't think to do that before he got the first flu. It yeah. was after that. But, you know, he's got that now. So he has an option. Yeah, yeah. I had a really toxic work environment that I used to be in, unfortunately. And one of the ways that I feel like I kept myself from getting sick because it was so stressful all the time was I had ginger syrup almost every Mm -hmm. single day and I'd add that to my coffee right you know it's just honey and ginger right honey and ginger tea basically right Uh, and boy that just that kept me going and I should be able to digest just about anything right right kind of what that tea is all about yeah yeah the digestion the circulation and Mm -hmm. And honey helps ready to go dry up excess Mm -hmm. crop you yeah. know, and the ginger well. syrup you can put that in your that, that was another technical term that we're throwing out there is the crap I'm very good at that <laughs> <laughs> sorry I was going to try to be all scientific but that just isn't no no that's okay you know, we're, we're, we're all about communication that's good uh, <laughs> is it the green or the yellow crap which yeah. one or just the it, white? it dries up anything that's it just helps good. to dry up in fact, that, that was one of the things that this particular flu that went through our house, it mostly after that was cleared out, it left behind just an over-watery mucus system. So, mm-hmm. you know, a drippy nose and the cough that just, you know, was phlegmy, but not quite letting go. Right, yeah. So I ended up making a black tea and calendula syrup for my husband to use in his coffee. Calendula syrup? I've yeah. never made a calendula syrup before. I know, it was crazy. Was that taste good? Well, I'm just, asking you, Pat. Well, no, yeah, Pat, this is Pat. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, show, it tastes Patrick. fine. It it, um, it balances with the coffee. I don't even. It's great. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I used a dark black tea, the same tea that I use when I'm making chive from home, you know, uh-huh. from scratch. So it's a really 
Because you're a tea snob. Let's just let's say to the listening public, Candace is a tea snob. I don't know that snob because I'll oh. drink close to anything. Hey, you really? yes. Lipton? Lipton? You'll drink Lipton? I okay. think oh, not. Standard. Let's be you're honest right. here. I am a tea snob. <laughs> I this is it's good therapy true. for us all. <laughs> but I have, I have. It's a cheap Indian tea that I get from the Indian store, uh-huh. and you get it, and it comes in. It's like granules. It reminds me almost of the instant coffee that you know oh, my grandma Folgers, used to buy. Yeah, yeah like that. Folders sure. and it's that texture, but it's tea. Sure. It's tea, yeah. And it's got a really strong, harsh flavor to it. So that's why you put a ton of milk and spices in it. It tastes Uh really good. Cardamom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And cinnamon. And yeah. So I used that tea with the calendula. And then I added some elderberry and some astragalus in that to help rebuild his immune system, get his cells refortified. Mm-hmm. But the, the black tea and the calendula are both really drying for the respiratory system. Right. And um, for myself, I'll have black tea with calendula in it just as it is. Yeah. But I didn't think I'd convince him to drink that concoction because it really isn't as tasty as yeah. one would like. <laughs> My friend Heidi likes, she has a, a concoction that she makes and hopes she's not going to kill me for saying the name on the radio here, but she puts in, it's mostly elder, elderberry, and then she adds the astragalus. And then with that, oh my goodness, come on, brain it's stick the it secret with ingredient me. It's the ste- secret ingredient. Oh, Are you sure she tell. even told you? She might, <laughs> she made it on the, done a brain dump afterwards, just erased <laughs> What's in my head? Oh my gosh, that's super embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, so she she believes strongly in in astragalus. Oh, echinacea. Echinacea. Ooh, yeah. That was a big one. Wait, that was a huge <laughs> leap. I mean, what a rare herb. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. The default. Ooh. The default herb. <laughs> oh I mean, who doesn't know about? Echinacea? Yeah. Yes. No doubt, echinacea. And yeah. astragalus, I kind of stay away from myself because I don't moderate my my eating very well so my blood sugar tends to be a little bit low the reason i know i need to eat something is because i start feeling a little dizzy like oh i should be eating food so but for regular people that have tend to have higher blood sugar or you know they're better at moderating than astragalus is is absolutely fantastic yeah the thing that's nice about astragalus is you can take it every day without pause right it's good for you whereas the echinacea you need to take a break from it yeah because it encourages your you know, the place where you're making your white blood cells that are, you know, are in your thigh bone, it encourages that area to make more white blood cells. Right. So you don't always need to have no. echinacea all the time. You don't need your white blood cell count to be that high, but particularly just before you're going in for a blood test or something. If they right. see a high blood, white blood cell count, they'll think you're coming down with something because your yes. body is naturally making more it's white blood cells. Yeah. 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 Is astragalus better through capsule form or fresh or as a tea? or? In, in my mind, uh, the tincture is the most effective, but I know traditionally it's used as a very, very strong tea. So Because okay. I know we had recommended it to a friend last week and mm-hmm. they went out immediately and bought capsules. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Because that's how they think. Sure, yeah. and then th- then that's the best way to deliver it right. because the the medicine is no good unless it goes in your body. Right, so <laughs> exactly. That for some other people, they like a vinegar because they have a re- they have mm-hmm. trouble moderating their pH balance. So I'm I'm a big vinegar fan. I tend to get ulcers, and so I'll do like a I have a big thing of nettle vinegar. I mean, it's a big thing. It's like a quart mm-hmm. and a half, and I end up drinking that through the rest <sighs> of the year. 
But it tastes great to me. It tastes great to me. <laughs> Patrick's yeah. making the uh, oh my god face. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, there Don't was, make me drink that, honey. Yeah, there was a there was an experience one time that someone said, "Oh, drink vinegar, and that'll help with your heartburn." And it, it felt like I was drinking fire. Right. And I just never have done vinegar ever since then. Did you do just a spoonful or? Uh, it was like a, we did a smaller glass full. It was a I couple can't, ounces. I think it was like oh. apple cider vinegar, and I drank it, and it literally felt like my esophagus was ready to burst Ouch. into flame. Yeah. And yeah. She, Kat's like, well, I do that all me. the time. And works it, never, it works for me. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. So. <laughs> it works for me, and it works for the boy, but not so yeah. much. Not well, so see, that's the thing is you've got to know yourself and yeah. what what does help you. You know, I, I have a hard time with fats. I, oh, I yeah. eat, that's one of, the, one of the reasons why I don't like the meat diet is because mm-hmm. it's really high fat, and my that's stomach does not deal with that at all. Right. So I hear about people doing oil pulling and all that kind of stuff, and I'm just like, oh, God, it's <laughs> straight from the bowels of the devil. No, thank you. I would, uh, see, but some people, it's awesome. When I'm getting over a flu, the kind that's been all nauseous and, you know, digestively upsetting, I know I'm getting well because I start craving things like, stroganoff and hot buttered anything and all that fat mm-hmm. is what my body starts to want and I eat it and sure enough I feel great right whereas if I stick to the applesauce and all the things that we know are supposed to be good I'll just languish in this place of feeling not well yeah and they recommend now instead of the um high electrolyte uh drinks Mm-hmm. Um, the Pedialyte or Gatorade. Now they're saying have a kid that's just recovering from a, a serious illness, a severe flu or something. Have them drink chocolate milk, oh, all the sugar, yeah. and, and that would be the last yeah. thing I would want to put. Of course, for my family, they're <laughs> uh-huh. all allergic to milk, so that that's yeah. not going to happen. But for a regular person that isn't allergic to milk, yeah. then that is perfect. It's got all the fat and it's got all the sugar and. All those things that your body is depleted so on, and they usually yeah. don't. I don't know chocolate milk. Do they put? That's crazy. Potassium <laughs> in it? Do they put? Is it nutritionally? Is it like Lucky Charms or something? They just I add vitamins to justify selling it. Some of them do. Yeah. Some have our, our fortified. Like Ovaltine. Ovaltine's fortified, but okay. no one likes it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Astronauts. That and tang. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. There's a lot of different healthful properties to chocolates and cocos. I, we That's what I tell myself. Done an article sure. on it. Yeah. I've done. I did research, <laughs> but it was a few years ago. I can't remember what you know. Like all those words that well, are so antioxidants. They go out. Well, yeah. yeah, sure, I know about that. Yeah. yeah, and there's a variety of vitamins in there too that, are, but I can't remember them. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's something an article will have to write. I know vitamin chocolate. C for chocolate. Chocolate yep. as an herbal. Yeah, yes. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Yeah. So one of the other ones. What are the other ones that you like for general? Just to have in the house for general flu prevention, so oh. that you're ready. Um, you mouth rinses. On? I'm really big on that one. What types of mouth rinses? What do you put in that? Um, Well, there's a formula that will be brand new on the site. Um, This is one that we use at the clinic uh, for people who are trying to avoid uh, flus and things like that. Uh, It's got sage, and it has thyme and echinacea, and it's just a standard tincture blend that you'd put a squirt in a little bit of water, and then you'd gargle it and spit. And spit it out or swallow it depends on how you know how you're feeling that day. But that's just a after brushing your teeth, it's that's a real a easy one. gargle. And if you're if you've got a bit of a sore throat, then what we recommend is put a bit of salt in there, 
because then that's going to be more stringent and pull more of the stuff that's stored in your mucous membranes around your throat. You don't want to yeah. swallow that if it has a salt, obviously, but right. yeah, that's a yeah. good thing to spit. Yeah, you could swallow it if you're feeling pretty well and you just know that the in, your environment has got the flu in it. Right. You know, like you're taking care of family members who are sick. Yeah. Then I would recommend swallowing the echinacea part, not using the salt. Yeah. And if someone has wisdom teeth coming in or oh. if they have a you know a kid that's that's teething or if they have a tooth infection, we see a lot of dental issues at our clinic. Right. And then we give them a, um, something that will have thyme, strawberry leaf sage, but it also has Oregon grape berry. Mm, and that's yeah. something that I don't even know if they sell online, but if you live in an area that's got Oregon grape collecting the berry, of course you can use the Oregon grape writ, which is easy to get a hold of, and that makes it really bitter um, tincture, but it's right. you're definitely going to be... You can spit it out or you can swallow it. People that put myrrh in there, myrrh, myrrh is really, really good for the teeth, and it's very antimicrobial. But yeah. it leaves a nasty stain in your sink. So that would right. be something that I would use a little bit of it because it's expensive, yeah. Yeah. but it's very, very potent. So, well, for flu and cold, myrrh isn't going to be the one I'd go to. I mean, I would get the Oregon grape to help deal with flu and cold. Yeah, yeah. Why a mouthwash again? I'm, um, because I'm, you're getting thinking... this. It's a respite. You know, flus and colds are respiratory. So it's all flying around in in yeah. in the air, and you know you're storing a lot of stuff. And it, usually, if you are sick, that or if your immune system is tapped at all, and you're susceptible to getting these flus and colds, then you're going to have um, a little more bacteria in your mouth. It's and it's a place to store all that stuff. So you're rinsing it out. Well, I notice yeah. that a lot of times when you go to an herbalist, one of the first things that they'll say is, you know, "Stick out your tongue." Right. They're looking at the coating on your tongue. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So that would be a place where mouthwash would help to remove. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It it seemed like weird when you said, well, we do mouthwash. It's like, well, are we biting each other now? Right. (laughs) Yeah, 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 it's the hipster thing. You know, you eat kale, drink PBR, and then bite people. It's just, yeah. It's great. I just didn't understand. I was like, well, wait a second. Because there's just so many germs that live in your mouth. So, yeah, and if you've got. You know, those respiratory, a lot of the flus, they can't live in your stomach. So that one of the ways that your body's getting rid of things is the snot drains down. See, I'm using scientific mm-hmm. names, too. Yeah. Drains down your throat, <laughs> and it goes into your stomach, and then it'll die there. That's where viruses go to die, for right. the most part, except for things like EBD-68, which can actually live in your digestive system. But usually, usually standard run-of-the-mill flus like um, influenza A or influenza B, they, they cannot live in your stomach. So that's where it's draining down to die. So it's in your throat. It's mm-hmm. right there. And it's still alive in your throat. So that's one of the reasons why those, those uh, uh, mouth rinses are so good or gargles are so good. You're getting it out there. And you make sure you label that what the mouth rinse is for clearly so your family members will know what to do when you are the one who gets sick. Right, except when it comes to gargles, you got to haul your own butt down to the stairs to go to the bathroom to take care of that. They're not going to bring you a bowl. Yeah, that's a, true. I mean, they could, but you know, you can lead a horse to water, no, but you can't family, make them they gargle. Won't. They won't. They won't even lead me to water. <laughs> my my family, I get sick, and they're just like, oh, oh, yeah. do not disturb the bear in the cave. Yeah, <laughs> no, they just they won't do that. I mean, one of my sons will peek around the corner and go, Mom, do you need anything? No, good. 
definitely right yeah. away. And, and that's probably a sur- that's why they have lived probably to the smart. age that they lived it's to. Probably smart. Yeah. yeah, he survived. Yeah. yeah. And I don't expect anyone to be taking care of me. No, the the Shh. nagging and everything. That's my job. I practiced all my life. I'm really good at it. So Dang, this is I a good be taken time. Care of man. Oh, I'll call <laughs> well, you up. Well, one of the things that that. Um, Candace does, of course, like she said, she makes the tea and she makes other things that are ready to go so that when she goes down for the count, mm-hmm. you know, um, myself and our son, we can go right into treating her with right. stuff she's already made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that hasn't been mentioned, maybe it's coming up, is um, good old fashioned steam. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we've yeah. got a really good sinus drain blend mm-hmm. recipe on the site. Yeah. I think that uses yarrow and elderflower, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. It's a it's a really good one. And yarrow is, that's another thing is Aaron, my youngest, he'll do a steam. He mm-hmm. asks for that. Yeah. You know, he doesn't like the neti pots. My my no. middle son loves neti pots. Middle son and my husband, they'll go for the neti pots. And right. I think neti pot's great if you know it's coming. <laughs> if it's yeah. a surprise, you, you know, just go around the corner right. and say, neti pot, I've done it. I've done it when I'm, <laughs> when I'm plugged. Yeah. And it it's horrible. Uh-huh. But if the I, headache resulting yeah, if is I've, If I've done it. If I can feel the itch, I'm like, oh, I got an indie pot right now. Then oh, then oh, fine. that's what you yeah. mean by no, it's coming, not yeah. not a, like a ninja attack. <laughs> of no, no, no. Okay, no. all right, it makes more sense. That like a day before, like well, a, a week ago, week and a half ago, whatever it was, a Tuesday, I I was getting sick during our meeting. I could mm-hmm. feel it. And if I would have done neti pot that t- at that point, I probably would have been okay. But the next day when I was plugged up, forget about it. Right. So I yeah. went to doing the steams. And uh-huh. like you said with Aaron, our son Finn does the same thing. You know, we have herbs that are in bulk. You just go and you can grab them. And we know which ones to grab for what we're doing. And sometimes we'll throw a little mint or sometimes we'll throw something else in. Right. Uh, but that five minutes, ten minutes after steam is the best feeling Mm-hmm. you'll ever have during your flu. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but yeah. doing them in the morning and the night just made a big difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and for our, at our house, we keep the yarrow, the dried yarrow in a container that used to have cookies in it. It's a cookie tin, so it's easy uh-huh. for Aaron to know this is the, this is where, where you grab. Right. You know, it doesn't look like all the other hippie things. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's for reals. Yeah. So yeah. he'll grab that. That's, so you guys use yarrow. What else do you like to put in your steams? Lavender. I like putting okay. lavender in there. Eucalyptus is mm. really good for that. Uh, do you use it as an essential oil or do you use the... I oil? usually just use the plant itself. I find that the essential oil is almost a little too much to put in a steam. I'll put it in a foot bath. Right. I use Absolutely. it in aromatherapy, but I don't usually put eucalyptus in the steam myself. Yeah, because your eyes are right there. Haven't yeah. we done that before? A drop or two? Not eucalyptus. We use tea tree oil, tea tree. a single mm-hmm. drop, never more, because that stuff's pretty potent. Oh. But I do use it in a steam. I'll put yeah. that in. And it'll I see be... you've got a problem. With <laughs> I have a problem with tea tree oil. I, I think it's wonderful medicine, and I use it all the time. It smells really absolutely do. terrible. It's, it's like just... so strong. Oh, oh God. Yeah, I'm making yeah. The, the, the Epsom salt blend with mm-hmm. the, the tea tree oil, and this is for clinic again, and, you know, it's, it, I've got a big half gallon jar of Epsom salts that I have to infuse, and by the time I'm done, my eyes are just watering. It's like being in a woodworker shop on finishing day when they're putting on the, the varnish. Day. It does. It right. smells like it's a lot like hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. But yeah. I think I'm probably just a living microbe. That's why I don't like it because yeah. it's very antimicrobial. Yeah, we all knew you were a little cruddy sometimes. I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah, I, I, I try to try to keep that down. But you saw my wicked plan. Yeah. You know, there's... Getting, getting the essential oil blends together too. That's another big one in my house. Yeah. What do you I, blend? 
I take old essential oil block, like a bottle of that was lavender. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll use that bottle for my partial lavender and tea tree oil, and then I'll usually add like a third one, like eucalyptus will right. be one if I'm planning um, planning to use it for aromatherapy during the the season. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll add either an orange or a lemon instead, just because. Lavender. Yeah, yeah. And, and because it's uplifting. And yeah. when, when I get the flu, I get depressed. Right, right, I hate right. being sick. And lavender and tea tree are really potent just on their own. Sure. So, Well, you know. a, good, a good cup of uh, ginger lemon tea is fantastic when you got a cold. That it is, really, yeah. And just chunks of gin, a chunk of ginger and, and a slice of lemon, yeah. hot water, some honey, you're good. What's but, in- interesting from our discussion is that there's not one single silver bullet it's almost an herbal immersion therapy. Right. When yes. you get sick, it's like, well, let's do it. In. Now we have our essential oil, so the house is full of it. Let's take steams, yes. now we take it in. Yeah. Let's drink it. Let's do this. And it would suddenly be we, the life of, that you lead becomes totally immersed in this herbal cocoon yes. of treatment. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Putting your eucalyptus in the shower or Everything. taking a hot bath with the herbs in it. Linden yes. flower. A lot of people forget about linden flower. Oh, yeah. And that's really great if you have a fever. It smells really nice. It's easy to drink. It's just a one one of those fantastic herbs that I think gets ignored a lot. In England, it's very, it very popular. Yeah, I forget about it all the time, mm-hmm. got to admit. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful little nice, easy to drink and easily blended herb. So that's a favorite. And eating good foods is very difficult to do when you have the flu, but applesauce. Yes, that feels keep, so good on the That's throat. another one. This is a time of year when the, we're at the tail end of the apple harvest. I'm going to be yep. going out to the farm stands for their end of year season and picking mm-hmm. up several boxes and canning up some apple and sauce. I did some pear sauce earlier. Yep. And those will both, I usually add some ginger or some cinnamon to either mm-hmm. of those because they're both helpful for digestive things. Yep. That's circulatory. Then, yeah, I'll have them on the shelf so that for the rest of the family, and you know, even if I have a flu, I'll eat some of those, mm-hmm. but so that it's easy for them. Yeah. What well, blends into yogurt, and yogurt is an easy thing in our household to eat. Yeah, that's the one that Finnan does great with it. Patrick does fine, but I have a hard time with yogurt, especially if my stomach's off. Oh. Or milks. I mean, I have, I have milk issues. Do you drink Even yogurt? Does it? What's that stuff that everybody's into these days? Kefir. It's a firm kefir. That's it. Do oh God, y'all? It tastes, tastes I horrible. I hate it too. It tastes icky. I hate it. My, I figure. My no. son and daughter love it. They just think oh, it's... Well, yeah. They probably weird. like PBR, too. No, no, no. I raised them right. I raised them right. Well, yeah, at home when you're buying the beer, but when you're with their friends. <laughs> oh, I, I ask them. It's important. It's my religious issue. <laughs> yeah, the last... You know... We can also talk about mushrooms very briefly. Oh, thank Those you are for good, reminding me. Those are good nutritive yeah. ones, but they're also good for dealing with Yeah, immune, immune system in general, mataki, rishi, shiitake, those are the three standards that are, they, they can run a little expensive, but, you know, that's one of those things that you take it in a capsule, doesn't matter. You take it in tincture, doesn't matter. Either way, yeah. you just get that in your system. It's well, fabulous. they're easily, I mean, you can order those easily yeah. from places, but like shiitake mushrooms are available fresh in the store here mm-hmm. at my local grocery. Not yep. even the expensive grocery, but the cheap grocery. That's <laughs> right. Mean, well, there was right. a herbal quarterly 
book, wasn't there? Not quarterly, but... Um, the Herbalist, American Herbalist yeah. Guild just published a, their quarterly. is all on medicinal mushrooms. Right, and there's oh. a poly, polypore in there that's good for this, and you make a, make a tincture with it. Huh. And I, I was just reading... Is that I, turkey tail that you were looking I at? I think it was turkey, turkey tail. tail. That's yeah. a great immune system right. booster. You, you, according to the book, in their article, you thin it, you slice it very thinly, and then you put it in 95% alcohol and make your yeah. tincture. And then when you're done with that, you take something else in another part of the process. So I'd recommend that article if you can find it, but mm-hmm. um, on how to use turkey tail to help with your immune system. Yeah, and the American Herbalist Guild is a fantastic organization to for any herbalist to join up. You get a lot of great information, and you're, you're getting information from people that really are in the know. Yeah. So, so were there any other herbs that you wanted to make sure we don't forget? Garlic. Garlic and the garlic and onion family. In yeah, general. the yep. olives for, just in general. They're good for antibacterial. Are they good at antiviral as well? Well, that's one of those just herbal tonics. If you are taking it, then it's it's gonna just burn everything out. You know, it's a high sulfur herb for one thing, and it's fantastic at t- taking care of all of the antimicrobial. Okay, it's just generally a good antimicrobial. That's one of those ones we take for granted. I mean, you would want to figure out what to do with dinner. You go into the kitchen, you chop up an onion, you put a pot on the stove with water, and it start boiling, and then figure out what you're going to make. Sure, yeah. Because you know there's going to be onion in it, and you know you're going to have to boil some water yeah. for some reason. And it's in the fire cider recipes with the cayenne. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's an, I know. Oh yeah, I'm, there's another it's one. It's got it's got vinegar. I know. I'm looking at Pat over here, and he's <laughs> like, Oh god. Well, I like I don't but, I like all vinegars. I mean, like um, kombucha, I actually like, but. Um, yeah. Or kombucha. I don't know. People say, say it both ways. I've heard of it. Well, the chili peppers and the cayenne. The cayenne, what I've read is the capsaicin is the important part. So any spicy chili pepper is going to be good. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't have to be cayenne, but any of them can be good. And that they're all really good despite the heat, which sounds like it's going to be terrible for your stomach. They're actually really good at fixing what ails your stomach and mm-hmm. bringing it back into balance. Well, and if you want to drain your sinuses... You know, you take a bite of cayenne, and there you go. Oh, Just yeah. grab grab a towel. Yeah. Or a horseradish is really good at draining your sinuses. Oh, and yeah. people know that from practical experience. <laughs> yes. you know, take, yeah, take a bite of that, and then, There was know. the year that my uh-huh. grandfather grew horseradish, and he decided to grind it in his basement. Oh, and they lived brutal. in this wonderful little Pennsylvania house with a coal-fired furnace. Still, I believe it was still the coal-fired furnace at the time. And he's down there next to the coal bin grinding. Oh, I can't imagine how. His sinuses must have been clear for weeks. Yeah. You get to wear one of those space suits. Yeah. Imagine. That would be horrible. I remember my grandmother said you could smell it all the way up into the rest of the house. I bet. Everywhere. I bet. That's hardcore stuff. But Yeah. yeah I remember you brought over that... Um, what did you call that? Caliph fire or dragon fire vinegar? Oh, time? yeah. Yeah, which is basically just a fire cider recipe. Yeah. That's really good stuff. That was good stuff. Yeah. You never brought me more. I was annoyed. Oh, yeah. You're I was supposed I, to bring it over more. No, I was just trying to annoy you by enticing you at the, yeah. the start of it and then you leaving you hanging. It. Yeah. Bring me. Bring me more. Yeah. No, yeah no. Expect me to make it myself. Oh, Lord. Oh, you it would do happen. it so great. It just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. I still have an Ella campaign route I have to dig up. Still. Well, if you want me to help you with the nagging, like I said, I'm very... <laughs> Stand over me and nag. I'll, I'll be that. I'll be that gal. Yeah. Yes. And the yellow campaign is one I need to get dug up, too. Yep. Well, there's a, a lot of nutrition we should mention right now. Of course, mm-hmm. the vitamin C and B-complex. B-complex is nice because it's stress. Helps you with stress. And if you're 
stressed, then your immune system is going to be suppressed, and that's water-soluble herbs, yep, so, so they tend to disappear. Um, the zinc lozenges, I, I, I seriously recommend people taking those because just yep. sucking on those will help a lot. Right. Like yeah, there's wonders. a product called Emergency, which sounds cheesy as heck, mm -hmm. the idea of using it, but... I have found that whenever anybody around me is getting sick, I just take emergency, you know, a packet of that in a very small amount of water and chug it back because I hate the flavor. Right. But the rest of the family doesn't hate the flavor. I do. And, and the big <laughs> and, thing is getting know, plenty of sleep, helps. practicing good hygiene. Yes. Washing you know, hands. Wash hands all the time. You know, you sneeze into your elbow or, of mm -hmm. course, into a tissue would be good. Throw things away. Keep things nice and clean. That's the number when one. You do your laundry. Use uh, essential oil blend in the mm -hmm. dryer to. We have know. a recipe like that on our site. Yeah, for the sure. One with the lavender and the tea tree in it. It works wonderfully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the number one thing is keep yourself clean. Get plenty of sleep. Have a good. Don't don't just sit there and eat your vitamin C for chocolate. You know, but have a right. good diet and take good care of yourself. Yeah, because you deserve it. Indeed. Yeah. So, is there anything else we want to take take on while we're sitting here? Or? We have we have covered an awful lot of herbs. <laughs> Surprisingly, there's probably a whole ton more too that would be great favorites. Yep. Well, thank you for for joining for joining the practical herbalist Patrick and Candice. And uh, if you want more information, links, or resources that we mentioned on this program, check out our show notes on realherbalismradio.com. You can find recipes, how-tos, and more detailed information on topics that we discussed on practicalherbalist.com. Now it's time for herbalism and homesteading news. On October 15th, SciNews.com published an article called Scientists Discover the First Biological Penicillin. It was based on, a, on Chinese researchers studying honeysuckle. We discuss our take on this research. Well, first thing I want to start with is the name of that article is a little deceptive. Yeah. They're they're really making huge, huge speculations on what this research could mean. And if you actually read the information that it came from, I'm looking just at nature.com. Cell research is the um, section, and this was the advanced online publication that came out November 7th of 2014, which is this year just a little while ago, and they say, if you read through the, the research itself, it, set, it, it focuses on how honeysuckle is used to prevent the um, influenza A virus, That's which has a, a, there's a lot of different things that are in influenza A, but it says down at the bottom, this could be used for dealing with a whole bunch of other different types of viruses, but in nowhere in here does it say it's it's the panacea for all viruses. It's it just says it, it's possible that that's where it could go. Well I got I, I these things challenge me into understanding the whole research, but what I understood from it was that they're saying that the way that a particular molecule or aspect of the honeysuckle plant mm -hmm. when de decocted latches on to the virus, I think it was, in a way that's different than any of the medicines science has so far developed for trying to deal with viruses. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's. well, they, they took, I don't know how geeky you want me to get in here, but um, they took one particular constituent of it, which is, oh, here we go, MIR2911, and they're putting that, 
into the uh, influence of viruses itself and checking how they're how it's interacting. And one of the things about um, I should back up a little bit. So influenza viruses, there are a whole bunch of different types. There's A, B, C, and D, and <laughs> you know, et cetera. Lots of lots of alphabet letters there. A and B are the ones that we get the flu vaccine for, right. and those are the most common ones, and those are the ones with the most severe symptoms, and those are the ones that are more likely to, to kill you or right. lead to another infection, which will cause death. So A is one that you can get from animals. Like An animal swine like flu swine flu or, or flu. avian flu, yeah, that, that can be a vector, or Spanish flu. So it can cross species. That's one of the fascinating things about it, and I think that's why they focused on influenza A, because that that transportation capacity that that virus has makes it interesting for other, uh, like the Ebola virus, that one can transport between fruit bats and humans, right. and that's a very unique um, and, and yet very successful way to travel. So that's that probably is where they're going through that with with uh, influenza B, that one's just for humans, just right. specifically for humans. And it's fascinating and, and important that we examine those things. Uh, influenza C, you don't usually, I haven't ever seen a vaccine for that one. They don't have one on the CDC site that I could see. Um, not to say that it's not there, but that one, you can have a flu and you might mistake it for a cold because the symptoms are so minor. Oh, yeah. So that's why it's, it's, there's not a lot of press on that one. But the, the big one is the influenza A. And, uh, and that's the one that causes dehydration mm -hmm. and usually vomiting and fevers yeah, fever. that are dangerously high even, that yeah. sort of thing. And it can open you up to bacterial infections and people right. will get pneumonia or it's really, is, yeah. really tough on, on young people and the elderly. Yep. So that's, that's why they, they put so much money into this one. And it, it's a fascinating article when you take a look at it. But the speculation, I mean, Patrick, you, mm -hmm. you were brave enough to read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, yeah. the first thing that everyone goes right into is, does it, does it fight Ebola? Right. First thing. And yes. it went from uh, a question of, well, does it fight Ebola to, well, not yet, but it might, and it might mutate, and it might do this, and it might do that, and we don't know. And as the comments devolve, it, it, it becomes obvious that um, people are freaking out. People are really <laughs> frightened of Ebola, even though, at least in America, Ebola is not a very major threat at this point. Yeah, we had whereas, one American <laughs> die of it. Yeah, whereas influenza A is a pretty major threat. Sure. That we don't really, we all brush it off like it's no big deal. But, yeah. I mean, I have relatives who died of that, you know, a long, long, long time right. ago. But Right, turn of the century yeah. stuff. But, yeah, the, there's a lot of viruses. that the Measles, for example, we have a vaccine against the measles. Right. And we were pretty much rid of the measles, and then somebody goes off to England and brings it back, and now all of a sudden everyone's got the measles again. Same thing with whooping cough. We were, yeah. because of the vaccine, we are pretty much, well, there was very few cases, and then somebody brings it into the Seattle airport, and now it's just all over the West Coast. And Right. When Finn was young, that was one of the, that was the things yeah. we had to watch out for. Right. And when I was a kid, people died of those kind of things all the time it was you know diphtheria there hasn't even been a case of diphtheria for many years in the united right. states zero you know so these vaccines are doing their job but we don't have a vaccine for ebola that's what makes it so unnerving is we feel like here's a danger coming in from another country which is already stirs us as americans that xenophobia thing that we have and we have no equipment to deal with it we we feel like we're just completely defenseless 
we're being attacked by an unknown source, and so it stirs a lot of people into getting freaked out. Yeah, I kind of think it has a lot to do with the sensationalism. You know, our mm-hmm. our media really likes to sell copies, sell subscriptions, yep. sell freaks stuff, people out. Yeah, you know, and and our media likes to use fear and sensational things. And Ebola is kind of a Hollywood virus. I mean, gosh. Yeah. Talk about true. being really flashy. It is. You know, I mean, it's. It's going to upstage pretty much everything. Well, it comes with a costume. You know, you got mm-hmm. the whole, the hood and, yeah. this, and the spacesuit looking thing. That's yeah. exciting. And then there's the, the, the jungles of Africa and it comes in from yeah. a bat. And we all know bats are scary. Yes, and especially with all the vampire stuff. Right. And Lord really Licorice's popular. castle. Yes. You know, he had bats. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, sca- the, little, the little licorice cat wasn't scary enough. It had the little bat, so that proves it right there. But, yeah, we have a lot of mythos out there, and, and just something as simple as the flu doesn't get a lot of press because right. everybody's got the flu and they think they can recover from it until they get elderly or they have an, a, a pressed, suppressed right. immune system, and then it becomes a problem. But well, and the truth is a vast majority of us do recover from it. Very I mean, true, it thankfully. Really, you know, yeah. So the thing that I found personally really interesting about this article, since I'm not into all this sciencey stuff that y'all like, <laughs> was the fact that they're just science is proving out something that a friend of mine told me was native medicine for you know, probably centuries, which mm-hmm. is the local honeysuckle, which looks a lot like the honeysuckle they studied, mm-hmm. is good for flu. Yep. <laughs> and when she told me that, I looked at her skeptically. We were walking in her yard, and I mentioned offhandedly the child was sick again, and she stops and she grabs a bunch of this plant, rips the leaves off, hand me the vines, and says, "The natives have to say that this is really good for flu. I think you turn it into a tea." Right. Yeah. And <laughs> who knew she? she actually knew? Once knew what in she a was while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's important to to also know that that is a different species, mm-hmm. and the the uh, research that I'm looking at is on a particular species, the right. japonica. But just because there's species, there's species uh, specification in the research doesn't mean that's the only one that will work. Right. It's just like this, we have a ton of research on elderberries, the black elderberry, right. or the bilberry, nigra. as opposed to blueberry. Exactly. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, American high bush blueberries have most of the same properties as bilberry. Right. So, you know, try using them in the same way. The yeah. same thing with the American style, American blue and black elderberry. Mm-hmm. Use them the same way. Yeah. Good. Yeah, definitely. That's good stuff. It's out there, and, and we should be using it, and more research should be being mm-hmm. conducted right now. Yeah. We'll have links to the Sci News article on the uh, show notes. So we'll go ahead and go to realherbalismradio.com under the show notes. Herbalism 101. Candace and Sue answer your questions regarding herbs and herbalism. If you want the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. We will do our best to answer your question on a future episode of Real Herbalism Radio. Sue, Candace. So what is meant by the term antipyretic? Well, uh, antipyretic is a term used for a remedy that reduces fevers. In the time of flus and colds, one of the worst, most uncomfortable symptoms is the fever. Mm -hmm. So it's a really good one if you're looking through your herb cabinet or your herb books trying to figure out what to give your kid or your husband or your friend or whomever. Uh, what herb to use for getting rid of your fevers, you're looking for antipyretic. Right, yeah. And having a fever is not necessarily a bad thing all the time. You know, if it starts going on for a long period of time, 
then you need to have a little bit of concern. But a fever, it's your body's way of burning off whatever that virus or bacteria it is that you have. Usually it's a virus that you have when you have a fever. Yes, one of the things I learned when my son was quite young is that the important part is that the fever does not cause lethargy. Because mm -hmm. he got the really spiked high, 105 degree fevers. That's dangerous, scared yeah. the heck out of me. I thought it was dangerous. The doctor said, no, it's not dangerous unless you see lethargy. Mm -hmm. They start to get lethargic, then that's a bad sign. That's when you get them in to the doctor immediately. But if they just have a high fever, it's okay. I had, a, at one point, I had a strep throat that gave me a fever of 104 that just kept going on. I mean, it was, and I could get it down with Tylenol. That was the only thing. The herbs mm -hmm. weren't even working. And they told me, no, it's not dangerous unless... I start having heart palpitations or I get start to get lethargic from it. Right. Well, that's the other thing that I get a little concerned about oh, is yes. people come in and they have a flu and, and you take their temperature and their temperature is an okay temperature, mm -hmm. but they've just taken ibuprofen, which right. reduces the temperature. So we don't know so what don't really know actually what is. is going on. Right. So it's hard to, to help them out appropriately. Right. And that's the true for some of the thing about the botanical herbals, though, it, the botanical herbals <laughs> redundant. Uh, the thing about the botanical medicines is that it's not doesn't just lower your right. fever. It also helps treat in other ways, like helps right. settling the stomach. Mints, for example, they can yeah. lower fever, but they also are really good at helping with the stomach problems. And Yarrow it's not just a one thing. Yarrow, Yarrow draws the crud out mm -hmm. at the same time. It's lowering your fever. Yep. Yeah. Um, some yeah, of the other what ginger. Are some of the others? Ginger is such a great herb for that where it's not just slowing the fever down but it also helps you with your circulation some people it's really great to give ginger to someone that has um, cold feet cold hands all of their their body is just concentrated on keeping their core warm right. and this helps increase circulation so that's a really good one for that as well as bringing the fever down a bit and helping with your upset stomach yeah, one of my favorite combinations of antipyretic herbs for fever, especially that's accompanied with headaches or with other achiness, is willow and meadowsweet. Mm -hmm. It makes, it just, to me, that it, it's got such a... It's analgesic earthy, as well. Yeah, it's an yeah. earthy, comforting sort of flavor. Yeah. Especially if you had some honey in there. Right, right. You know? Honey. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of Mary Poppins. Yeah, another one that I know that you've mentioned off and on is linden flowers. It's right. not as popular in the U.S., mm -hmm. but I would like to see that one maybe gain in popularity. Yeah, it'll grow around here. I know it's native in Europe, and they use it a lot in England. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a bit of research on it. German Commission E has a, a whole lot of information about that one. and It's one that's safe for children. It is safe elderly, for children, yeah. Which, that's one of the things I love about it is that I feel really safe and confident with that one. Yeah, and you can brew up a, a good tea of it, and it still has a soft flavor. It doesn't get super bitter, and then you throw that, you strain it, and then you throw the honey in there and, yeah. and keep it in your refrigerator and spoon it out, and that's a very simple... Simple and tasty. Mm -hmm. Not so hard to get it down your kid's throat. Right. You, you can put it in a like just hot water for making a tea for sweetening up a tea as you know you know there's so many different items in there i think we had a little list that we wrote right like sage yep. and thyme yep sage and thyme are also both really good mm -hmm. ones and oregano yeah and those are good if you have a sore throat uh, accompanied with that fever so yes. like you talked about strep yeah yeah and if you were to add a like a um, one that's good for um gram negative bacteria that 
the Oregon grape is really good against. If you were to throw some of those um, berberine include uh, berberine rich herbs in with the sage or the thyme or the oregano, that's excellent for the throat. Yeah, the bring berberine down the fever rich herbs and... would be the Oregon grape or golden seal. Although mm-hmm. Oregon grapes probably a more sustainable. Yeah, and especially in our area. Yeah, but neither of those two are antipyretic specifically. They're not. They're, they're just, just good, good to blend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep, Tulsi is another good one, mm-hmm. and it's not terribly bad tasting. It's also known as basil holy or holy. Yeah, basil. holy basil. Yeah, and I know there's two different types of holy basil um, that's used in Ayurvedic practice, but right. I am not the person to ask about no. that one. And I forget the the names of them and which is which myself. So, mm-hmm. but either I... one of those are really yeah. good for bringing down a fever, and also for people that they get sick, and then they feel just down on themselves and they think of all the things they have to do and they're not doing it and that's a really good herb for that right and tulsi teas are easy to come by at like in the grocery i know mountain reserve sells one right i can't remember who else and yeah and you're using it as a tea you're not like deducting it you're not steeping it for a long time the if you do then you're just a lot of it's just going into the air so it's wasted but those leaves you just pour the hot water on it cover it Take it off after a bit and drink it down. There you go. Yeah, that yeah. makes it simple too. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that I thought about was the bone set, which mm. tastes horribly bitter. Yeah. We used that when my son broke his arm. He ended up getting a fever as a part of breaking his arm. Yeah. And the bone set actually really helped with that. It is really good. It, they used to use it not to set bones, but for break bone fever, which is mm-hmm. um, typhus. Right. No, and we don't really have that in our area, thank goodness, anymore. Yeah. But that's a hardcore fever. Yeah. And that was a killer. So obviously yeah. that you don't need that much to throw that in there. Yeah, bone that's a really potent one. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So when we boil it down, the term antipyretic really means um, herbs that can help reduce fever. And for a complete list of the herbs that we talked about today in our, our show, you can go to realherbalismradio.com. Thank you for listening to Real Herbalism Radio. Your hosts have been Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. To find more information and recipes from today's show or to leave a comment or suggestion, visit us online at realherbalismradio.com. If you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepracticalherbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at amazon.com. Use the search terms practical herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high-quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. If you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us through our website at realherbalismradio.com slash contact. Until next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and The Practical Herbalist. <laughs>